0: Hello, everyone welcome to the beyond growth show i'm here as always with the beautiful claudia harvey
1: aw thanks
2: craig hey everybody how are you today craig
0: i'm doing very well thank you
2: excellent excellent so who's our podcast guest today
0: today our guest used to be a comic Paul Rosenberg, now founder of Tertia Oculus Business Synergies and an award-winning transformational leader and performance accelerator.
2: Wow. He is amazing. We met Paul in New York City in September of 2019, uh, pre-COVID world. And um, we met him through one of our other podcast guests, Cindy Ashton and you know it's the world introducing you to the world and to the world and network and network and network but paul is so great he is so funny uh, we spent a whole week with him in new york and he brings humor into everything he does including training for others
0: yeah and that session was so much fun oh my god it was so much fun so much fun but you also were on paul's podcast earlier last year right
2: yes i was and he he had a he has a new podcast well it's not new anymore um, i was a guest on it and we it's a it's a it's talking about leadership and how you can inspire others in the small world that you are or in the big world that you want to do and it's how everyone can be a leader what drives the leader what um inspires others with with what you say uh it was a really really great uh podcast and it's a wonderful podcast to be honest it's great so before we continue Everybody, don't forget to like and subscribe on our YouTube and Spotify channels, and please comment and click the bell for any updates to our videos.
1: Let's bring on Paul.
2: Hey, Paul. How are you?
1: Hey, how are you guys doing? Glad to be here.
2: We are so great. Now, you come from sunny Florida right now, don't you?
1: I, that's, yeah, that's where I'm beaming to you from and sun is shining it's a beautiful 75 degrees outside. Oh, that's
2: yeah. heaven. just heaven. <laughs> I mean, we're in gray clouds, um, but you know, thankful that we are in gray clouds and you know, that we're around.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we would like some of that sun, right, Claudia? We would uh, like some yeah. of that sun. We
2: would like I'll, some try, of
1: sun. I'll try and work something out this afternoon.
2: That, that'd be great.
1: I I'll get on the phone. I, I know some people.
0: fantastic fantastic well make it a a very good call and uh get that done up here (laughs) so so paul you you were a stand-up comic what skills did that bring to the table in the business world and what can we learn from your experience
1: a great great question and yeah the the stand-up comedy uh really developed the following skills you have about 10 to 15 seconds with an audience. Some people say a minute, but I think it's less than that. When you walk out on that stage, there's a whole bunch of usually drunk people kind of in their mindset saying, make me laugh. So you have to develop that skill set of engaging and connecting quickly. Now, when I was a comic, I used to watch other comics. They'd be at the bar having their free drink, chatting up the wait staff. And I always wondered why they did that. My take on it was the opposite. I watched the audience. I I observed so that when I got on stage, I already knew who I was going to try and connect with. And taking that time to observe before taking action was really critical. And then you've got to make that connection. And that's about being authentic. It's about, uh, you know, Trying to find a way to make that switch from make me laugh to, hey, I really want to spend the next 10 to 15 minutes with this person and be a part of that conversation. So the key things there are observation, connection, and then the last thing really is important in leadership and business, and that's the creation of a feedback loop. I did a lot of probing in the first minute or so to see where the audience was at. As leaders, if we do that with our team and our staff to see where our team is at to probe, to ask questions, to get that feedback, most of us don't take the time to do that daily. And I think that's critical. Understand where your team's at. What are they feeling? What are they worried about? Uh, you know, are they aligned with your major goals? So those are the three things that I would say carry really well and strongly to a leadership position.
2: Well, and I, I love that, Paul, because I think that is so critical to being able to read people, number one, taking the time to be able to read people, read the audience, but read the meeting that you're going into, read the, who you're talking to. But it's also then reacting to that. It's repositioning your messaging to adapt to what the other person is receiving and what space they're in to be receiving
0: right and I, I i really uh, agree with that as well claudia and i you know we both speak on stage speak from stage and I, I know claudia does it and i do it as well before we actually go on stage at an event we are there speaking and talking with the audience and kind of getting to know them. And it does give us a couple of points, a couple of people in the audience that if we need to pull in the audience or talk to somebody to get them involved, we've got somebody that we already know their name and something about them that we can bring into our presentation and engage them. So I find it very interesting that you did that in the comic space as well and how it does pull over to business, either from stage or from the, to the boardroom. Very interesting.
1: Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. It's making that connection. Both of you take the time to connect with your audience, which means that as your speech or your keynote or your presentation goes further, more and more people join in that conversation and that dialogue, and you've created a energy flow towards you Mm -hmm. that goes back and forth and creates more power as the, as, as your time goes on. So brilliant hats off to both of you for, for doing that. It's a, it's a, something magical that not a lot of people take the time to do.
2: Well, and I think uh, being a comic, obviously you, you can adapt and reposition yourself, but the sense of humor is so critical to alleviating tension in the room. And, and I'm sure bringing that into a business function is also a, a huge benefit for you.
1: No, absolutely. I use my humor all the time. It's been, it's been one of the best tools I've, I've ever had because what it does, as you said, it, it, it dissipates tension, uh, for, for whatever reason, it just creates a common bond. We all want to laugh. We all Mm. enjoy that, that moment of levity. And it, it kind of tells me when I'm with my teams, Hey, I'm one of you. I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm we're we're in on the joke together, if yeah. that makes sense.
2: Yeah, and do you find that in the course of the last year, with everything that's happened in the world, do you find that people need that more and more?
1: Oh, absolutely, because of the incredible stress we're all feeling, and 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 some people are feeling despair. It's it's yeah. been horrific globally. So those moments of levity. do do a couple of things they remind us that we're human they recreate that common ground between all of us I think and it just it just helps people move to a better space and be it in business or family life that is a great thing and much needed
2: right so and that allows us to get out of our head to have a moment of reflection a moment of bonding and a moment of presence. So you talk in your book about the concept of presence and the absence of presence. Do you wanna elaborate a little bit about that?
1: Sure, Uh, presence uh, is really important. It's how you show up, it's how you message, it's what people think of you. But I kind of flip it on its head. I think the more powerful concept is absent Mm -hmm. presence, which is what do people think about you after the board meeting, after the town hall, after the conversation, what stays with them almost like a ghost or what resonates with them after you've gone back to your office or after you've gone home? Mm-hmm. And do those feelings align with what your business objectives are, what you as a leader want for your team? So that that absent presence is about making sure that when you're having that meeting, the hall chat, the town hall, whatever it is, that you also are purposely thinking about what's gonna stay with that person after I leave. So to give you an example, I asked 10 clients of mine, what was the one word that came to their mind when they thought of me? And I did that because that's a way to understand my absent presence with them. And it was incredibly insightful in terms of how I position myself, the messaging I do as a coach, and just getting that feedback. And a lot of the words were the same. So I'm like, okay, Paul, here's four words that you want to (laughs) keep, here's Uh four words (laughs) that you need to work on because you're not having that effect that you think you're having. Oh, I show up this way or that way. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense, but Yeah, no, great. that's
2: great. That's great. I think any business leader and can take that into account and try and do that. That's that's harsh though, right? Like you want to have yeah. positive <laughs> words and you might get some not so great stuff just curious what did people give us a couple of of, of things that you got back okay
1: from- well i'll tell you the good stuff i'll okay. <laughs> tell you the bad stuff there wasn't negative stuff it just was in the sense of it wasn't hitting the mark of what i thought i was communicating so uh joyful okay uh, ethical uh execution Ooh. performance uh connection those were the, the some of the the words that I got back, right. and and so it was a as I said a great way to measure is is that what I want is that how I want to be shown up, <laughs> and what do I need to work on if if there were some gaps And there we all have them we all have the gaps right so. Great mm-hmm. exercise.
0: Yeah, that and that's extremely useful information to be aware of because it's not necessarily how you're presenting, but it's how you're being perceived. Would you agree with that, Paul?
1: Yeah, no, it, it's exactly it, – you think may think, oh, I, I killed that keynote <laughs> and I got them, and the perception that people have of you may be totally off base. Right. So that that's where that absent presence comes in is making sure – that who you want to be is how you are being and how you are showing up.
0: Well,
2: and so it's, it's uh, how people think of you over time and the impression that you leave behind. So we've been told we're, we're all speakers. Like we all, I know you speak from the stage as well, Paul. Um, So we have been told that stories make a huge impact with leaving An impression with your audience because they might not remember actual facts that are dry boring statistics but they remember a story and that they can relate to that story do you use those type of tools as well
1: oh storytelling is the major tool because if uh you know, in the, in the book, it's almost, uh, almost every chapter has a story because, um, that's what stays with people. I mean, I can, you know, there, there's a story about a uh, I won't go into detail now about a drunk Finnish guy at a stand up that I was doing in Sweden. And, um, I've used that story in, in keynotes and whatever, and to illustrate the point of letting go of trying to control everything is the message. And, people to this day will still hark back to the the drunk finnish guy making duck duck sounds during i
2: can just imagine
1: yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah the story thing is, is 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 critical these days in marketing in how you show up in leading it it it's what what is the i think the fuel for for you know, for growth in the future, it's 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 really important to understand your stories and understand how they land. That's yeah, cool. and
0: it, and it's about making something that sticks that resonates for yes. a long time, as you just said with the uh, with the duck there. But yeah. anyways, but Paul, has has it shifted? You know, we're obviously working very differently now. We're presenting very differently, being that you know a lot of our presentations are online and and not live. Has it shifted? Do you have to push more into the space or pull back? What are you feeling? What do you find?
1: Great question, Craig, and we've all been through it. I've found that, the, you know, the going remotely or digitally, be it as a coach, which is my major line of work, or, or doing keynotes, which I do a lot of, has forced me to develop, develop different skill sets. I think um, I, I figured a way through. How do I um, I'm a very hands-on. I've seen you both speak. You're very hands-on. How, how do you recreate that magic through, <laughs> through a Zoom call, right? So um, I've had a look at other ways. I think it forces you to be even more bold and more daring. So what it has taught me is that I actually have more permission to be wild and crazy because I have this, I can't go into the audience. I can't, have that intimate exchange one-on-one. So what I've done is I've gone more bold, a lot more fun stuff, a lot more what people would call wild and wacky stuff. Why? Because it's memorable. If If we've been through a million Zoom meetings and if it's a Zoom workshop or a Zoom keynote, you know, the feedback I've gotten is thank you. Thank God that you... Did that and 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 went off the rails a bit because the other nine or ten workshops we've attended or keynote said you know they've fallen asleep right
0: right, right. So, yeah, yeah you don't need your audience falling asleep it's hard yeah. to get the message across <laughs>
1: yeah and 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 to that to the previous point for both of you as well again the storytelling becomes even more paramount I have to slow down when I tell my stories on Zoom. Because I tend to be pretty energetic, I have to slow down and make sure that there's space for that to resonate in all that I do. So uh, it does not have to be an obstacle. It, it, it's just a, a new way of a new way of being, right? A new way right. of delivering.
0: Right. And and when you're passionate about stuff, it, it can be hard to slow down, right? When you're really passionate, and you get yourself going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've seen you speak as well, Paul, and yeah, you're passionate. It's really great to see. So you talk about uh, instinct, and instinct is a tool that we all have but rarely use. How do you create the space for it?
1: Um, this is going to sound really silly, Craig. Brilliant question. Yeah you have to create the space for it. So again, it goes back to purposeful action. I'll give you a quick story. A colleague of mine, big boss called from the UK, big global company, unmentioned, said, I need an answer. Now this guy was the manager of the site and His colleagues would have said, yes, sir, and given him an answer. And he said, I need an hour. And the guy was pissed off. And he said, why do you need an hour? He said, I don't want to give you an answer. I want to give you the best answer possible. And he got up out of his chair and took a walk and reflected on it and he listened to his instinct. So if it's all there, we're just not used to, we think we can't take that time with our bosses or with our teams. Most of the time, if you ask for permission, if somebody else is pushing you to say, I need that report by tomorrow, and you know that you can get the report by tomorrow, but it's not gonna be the right thing, Most of us are afraid of asking for that space, but if we do it, guess what? Most of the time we're going to be fine. Hey, I I want to give you the best report possible. Can you give me another day or would it be all right? Call me back immediately. Would it be all right if I called you back this afternoon? Ask for permission and then take that space and reflect and listen. Go for a walk. That's one turn off all the other noise, like your noise canceling headphones that we all use on the planes. Why don't we use it at work? I don't know. Turn off all the media and just sit quietly. Those moments where my instinct has been allowed to speak have resulted in almost to a T, 100% wonderful things. Now, maybe it wasn't uh, clear at the moment, But if you allow your instinct and trust it, the reason why your voice said what it said will emerge usually. So it's trusting that is the second part of that, I think.
0: Yeah. And I I agree when you talk about uh, timelines to accomplish something. I've always believed that whoever is doing the task, uh, whoever is getting back to me on something, they should be the one setting the timeline, you know, When can you have this to me as a question I like to use? And they will very often give me a date or a day or an hour or whatever. Sometimes that's not reasonable because you need it sooner, so you have to challenge it. But still giving them the space they need to do the right job. Otherwise, you don't get what you want, right? Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what comes out is what comes in. And so you need need, uh, to listen, listen more. So I just, be quiet, be quiet, quiet your mind down. If it's five seconds, 10 seconds, go for a walk, whatever that is, or you can listen to yourself because, you know, as I said, the gut gut instinct has wisdom. We just don't listen to it too much.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there's a fine line, I think, sometimes between the negative voice speaking in your head because people obviously have that, I can't do it, I'm not able to, I don't know and who's going to listen to me, those negativities mm-hmm. versus listening to your gut in a positive way. And that, that's a fine line. Can you speak to that, Paul? Like How sure. do you differentiate that?
1: Uh, I give my negative little, little, little Polly, I call him in my head, little Polly. I give him the space and then I move on. So I don't fight the negativity, but to get to the instinct, to your point, Claudia, which is bang on, you have to allow that voice. I give it five minutes. I've learned in COVID to give the Polly, COVID, fear voice five minutes. And then he has to go to timeout. <laughs> and, and that allows that allows my instinct some space, right? But I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all we all struggle with that voice, man. That voice yeah. is not instinct. That voice is fear. Fear. Yeah. And right. and so let the fear talk, time out, and then the instinct has space to, you know to flower and flourish
0: that. yeah right and, and you say you say and uh, take five to ten minutes but you also commented there uh when you're handling a question just take five to ten seconds and and i agree with that because sometimes if you don't take that time to think you just throw something out there that well shouldn't have done that but taking five to ten seconds you give a more quality response likely
1: no uh absolutely right we're too often we think we have to respond immediately somebody asks a question and we have to show that we're smart and we're with it and we're, we're on it but it, it means that you're listening did I really hear the question what is this person asking just the 10 seconds and say that I, I, I usually do fillers right I'll go mm-hmm. that is a great question so that they know I'm not ignoring them sometimes <laughs> I'll just pause the 10 seconds but sometimes I'll do my little bridge while I'm thinking about what I just heard and how I want to respond
2: well that's and that's active listening yep. it gives the other person the respect that you've heard them but it also gives you the opportunity of pausing to formulate the best answer
0: yeah yeah and, and and also going back to your knowing your audience knowing who you're speaking to as you said Paul, depending on who you're speaking to and their personality it could be different how you respond some people will accept that pause some people will want to know that you're actually engaging still right with a good question comment or something like that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, uh, and and you, you need to manage that and understand where they're at. But, but, uh, either way, buying the time is the key. Having that reflection time, even if it's a couple of seconds. Right. powerful. So, really,
2: so we now that I've interrupted you,
1: <laughs> uh, you're fine. Uh, I'm, I'm your guest. You can do what you want.
2: <laughs> uh, we have talked about the concept of engagement in COVID times, in virtual times, how, And employee engagement is such a catchphrase. How do you, how have you adapted to employee engagement? What is employee engagement in your definition? Can you elaborate more on that?
1: Yeah, really quickly, to me it it is about um, individually and collectively, are you giving the employees space for their feedback? Are you talking with them? Are you listening to them? Are you asking them to take on roles so they can grow? Are you seeing them as much as uh, a source of wisdom as your board of directors or your, or your senior leadership team? That to me is engagement. It, when people on the front line, uh, and this is critical, the people on the front line add value or take away value every day from your business. Right. Most of the time it's unintentional when they take away value because they're not engaged, because they don't understand the business drivers, because they're not being asked to do anything but execute their job, I'm a whatever, I'm a widget cutter uh, level one. And I I cut my, you don't cut widgets, but I'm just not technical at all. Uh, I'm a a widget maker at, at this level and that's all I do. Then you're not, to engage with them, you really have to, Uh, help them understand that what they do drives value in the company and what can they do to make that process go better, to add quality. If they understand their role and they understand their value Mm -hmm. in the bigger business uh, organization, then they're going to add more value. It's just turning on that switch. The second part of it, which is the COVID thing, is that you have to now, this is me, and you can ignore it. Um, But my view is you have to have those hall chats that you used to have and you have to schedule them. You have to have the lunchroom chats. And I've had clients uh, have lunch together because they're scattered all over and they literally go on Zoom and they have their lunch together, which would have been a natural place for engagement. You have to schedule all that stuff now and make sure it happens and and, yeah, very, and that's very, I don't know if that makes sense yeah very great interesting idea because,
0: you know when you when you're live in an office together someone will go hey let's go for lunch or what do you want for lunch but on on virtual meetings or virtual days it's very different that that wouldn't happen so very very cool
2: i remember so, yeah. when covid first hit and we all started to have to you know work from home was back in march april um, and, you know, the world was in an uncertainty and, and, you know, employee status was uncertainty, economics was uncertainty, it's so much uncertainty happening. And there was a lot of stress, right. Yep. And I, I said to my we have a, a what I call a key deliverable re- meeting every Monday with my staff Monday morning, nine o'clock. And it's really is exactly what it is. It's like give us give me the updates on the deliverables, what we have to do. So it's a it's a stakeholder meeting and bang, 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 we go through all the things. Well, I put it aside one day and said, you know, come in your jammies onto Zoom with your hot cup of coffee, tea, cocoa, bailey's, whatever the case may be, and fuzzy slippers, <laughs> and just chill let's just talk about our lives talk about what's happening so i think that's really really important oh. it was a big breath for everybody just yeah. to uh just to talk now we we did it didn't become a boohoo session it didn't become a what was me session it was just no. an ability for people to to talk and that's again a fine line between getting, giving people the emotional space to be able to talk about what's important to them versus okay we got to get Got to get past this, and
1: we got to get our job done. Right. I, I wish I would have been there with my Bailey's and my coffee. <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. But but to your point, Claudia, you have to the and and Craig too. These things happened normally when we were all together on site. The hallway chats, I think, are one of the most powerful tools a leader has. It's not the formal Monday meeting. It's the hallway chat. It's the five minutes with that frontline person or with the logistics director, whoever it is. Those things aren't happening. Due to COVID. So you have to make them happen. You have to say, this week, I'm going to talk to you. I'm just making stuff up as I always do. This week, I'm going to talk to these five frontline employees yeah. and just have a chat. How are they doing? I'm going to check in. Uh, it's not going to be just small talk. You know what challenges are they are facing with their role, if they're widget makers, um, or if they're if they're in the shipping department. You have to recreate those events that happen uh, almost blindly when we're normally all together. Right.
0: Yeah, and, and Claudia, uh, I know you do fantastic in that space. I know on a regular basis you're touching base with them as you say in a group session over a coffee in your jammies when you do that but even even just touching base with them through the day now and then i see that from you and you do a phenomenal job so good on you claudia but you know we've talked about some really great things here paul and we thank you for coming on i know you expand on it in a massive way in your rogue leadership program so can you tell us a little bit more about the program
1: sure uh there's a book called uh, rogue leadership harnessing the headwinds to drive performance on amazon worldwide there's a rogue leader channel uh called rogue leader which has five four to five minute snippets of um you know leadership wisdom Absent presence, there's an episode on that if you want to check that out on YouTube. And then I also have my innovators and influencer series, which you both were wonderful guests on, where I interview change makers like yourself. So that's kind of the the book. And then there's the consulting and coaching that that, that goes around that. So those are kind of the four the four uh, table legs of, of rogue leadership right there. Wonderful,
2: nice. wonderful. That's great.
0: So it's, it's really been great having you on, Paul. And by the sounds of it, they're very easy for people to check you out on YouTube. But other than that, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you?
1: I'm going to give you my email and then my website, if that's okay. It's paulrosenberg.leadership.biz at gmail.com or www.rosenbergpaul.com.
2: Now for our listeners, spell your last name.
1: Thank you, because <laughs> it's Miss Fuller, yeah. R-O-S-E-N-B-E-R-G.
2: Awesome. That's great. Well, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on today, Paul, and it's so nice to connect again. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we met you in New York. 2019 September 2019 and it's just such a pleasure seeing you again yeah always, the same here yeah. I
1: knew we were gonna have a blast so uh, <laughs> I was really looking forward to it I just miss bringing my Baileys that next time <laughs> well you can't next, next time
2: it will be a whole different kind of podcast
1: <laughs> exactly exactly That's That's... thank you both for the invitation and both of you are doing such amazing work globally and your voices are so important and just hats off to both of you for um, leading the path for so many. Oh, really well, grateful. You, thank really you. grateful. Thank,
0: thank you, Paul. That that's really appreciated. And thank you so much for joining us. And it's been fantastic. Great information. Great seeing you again, even though it's uh, over, um, over the internet as opposed to like the in-person at New York. Where we had so much fun. That's probably a whole new podcast on its yeah. own. Anyways, um, so that ends our segment for today and concludes the podcast episode. But before we go, Claudia, can you give us a quote?
2: Yes, we leave every podcast with a quote. And this quote is, perfection is not attainable, But if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. And who said that?
0: Well, I actually know that one. As a football fan, that would be Vince Lombardi.
2: That's It is exactly right. Wow. Very nice. Very good. Lovely. I'm looking forward to that. Now, everybody, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the notification bell to get any updates on our podcast. It has been a pleasure, everyone, and we will catch it again real soon.